thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, wonderful listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And don't forget to follow us on social media because we're actually doing stuff on there now. (laughs) So you can find us on Instagram. We are the Wellness Women Official. On Facebook, we are just the Wellness Women. Um, I am DrAndrea.xo on the gram and the Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ashley at Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. So welcome to another episode of Wellness Women Radio. Ash, it's nice to see your your face on the other side of the screen. And you too. We were just laughing. Andrea's got us some sort of, I don't know, accidental random filter and it makes her look like she's got like a Trump fake tan. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see my video. Um, You've got these like sparkly glossy eyes with like, it's almost like, you know, one of those filters where you get the the big glowy eye look, but with the orange face. It's so funny. I'm having troubles looking at you. (laughs) I just opened the video settings and Uh, so I can actually see that video. Oh, wow. I look like I've got a lot of foundation on yeah yeah. and I don't know how to change the filter now so um we're stuck with this but lucky for you uh ladies listening this is audio only (laughs) (laughs) for now one day we might might put the videos out there um but yes hey welcome back to uh, another week we've had a great start on our 28 day hormone reset I'm so proud of all the ladies that have jumped in there's been a huge 
huge, uh, huge program this time around, which is fantastic. And um, yeah, we're almost one week down. So all you lovely ladies listening who are part of it, congratulations. You're doing really, really great. And uh, we've still got three weeks to go, but we will smash it out. Um, and sorry for anyone who missed out. I apologize. You know, we've uh, missed the boat this time around, but you'll have to keep keep an eye out for the next one so that we can uh, have you jump on board. And it kind of falls into, you know, why we, we do that, that program, um, which is why we've done a series on our periods. And today we're also going to talk about something really relevant, which is looking at how uh, a woman's body, how a woman's hormones changes postpartum, you know, after birth of the baby. What actually happens to a woman's, um, you know, biology and physiology in that that period after birth? Because so much attention and uh, intention is placed upon the pregnancy and birth. And very often I find, you know, myself included. So I'll probably share some raw, raw stories today uh, because, you know, we had a pretty rough ride postnatally. But um, it's more down to the idea that, you know, I think a lot of women have some unrealistic, you know, unrealistic expectations of what goes on after birth because you see these beautiful glossy pictures of mothers just looking amazing with these cute little newborns and it just all looks so wonderful. And then your reality is just not that. Um, and it's, you know, it's really hard to understand why. I think though, if we, you know, can shed some light tonight on some of the, you know, the hormonal changes, it'll help you make sense of some of the reasons why, you know, mentally, emotionally, and psychologically, we, we're having the challenges we have and why so many women are basically set up for failure just by a system that makes it all look so wonderful and amazing. Um, you know, so yeah. I think we're sort of going to lift the veil on that past postpartum experience so that everyone gets a really, you know, raw, real view of what it looks like so that you can probably hopefully prepare a little bit better for that. Or, you know, if you've ever had a child already, you sort of go, ah, so that's why that happened. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're planning mm-hmm. on another one, maybe that second time around, you'll be able to, uh, you know, change that experience. So hopefully we'll, we'll do it justice tonight. I think having a chat about this. I know we will. Of course, always. I've got pretty high expectations of us, um, which I think is, is probably true for what, you know, so many women have of, of that post-birth bliss that they're expecting. Um, Ash, what was your experience like? So I think, you know, we had some, we were so, you know, blessed by such a fantastic birth, you know, pregnancy and birth, Mm. like really, um, really wonderful pregnancy with very little challenge. Um, And again, as well, you know, an an amazing uh, experience in terms of a home birth, water birth, everything we'd hoped for was created in that moment um, of Ollie being born whilst I was exhausted. I was like, wow, that's freaking awesome. You know, we did this. This is amazing. So you had that sort of like euphoric feeling. And then two hours later when the midwives, you know, leave you and go home and you're there with your baby and you're just like, oh, my God, this, what is going to go on now? This is just like, ah. And I think exhaustion helps you to sleep that first night. But after that, yeah, for us it just got tougher. And I almost felt like an instant emptiness and I couldn't explain it. It was like instantaneously the very little being that had been growing inside me was empty and my body was just swollen and bloated, but it felt hollow. You know, you no one tells you you're going to be oozing out of your vagina for <laughs> weeks and yeah. weeks ahead. Um, you know, I was bruised. I had slight grazing, which is nothing compared to most women, but mm-hmm. it still hurts. Your bowel function doesn't come back quickly. Like it's just – a bloody, a bloody shit show. Like it was just, it was a mess. You know, like I was just, I just remember yeah. thinking, oh my god, what the hell is going on? This is just next level. Like 
no one told me about this. Um, and I think that was something that was uh, whilst, you know, you start to then realise that you're running now on low sleep, then your milk comes in, you're engorged, you're swollen, you're in pain. Like, you know, you didn't feel pain before because you're all euphoric and then all of a sudden all the pains come in, you know, you've got pelvis yeah. that's just contracting for days on end as that uterus mm. shrinks back to size. You know, it's like the worst period pain and I never get period pain. So I'm like, oh, so this is what period pain feels like. Oh, you know, you're buckled over. You've got these contractions going on. It's like, oh, my God, I thought you just birthed the baby. <laughs> wow. And, you know, Ash, this is so interesting because this is the part that women don't talk about. Um, This is when we just expect you to be so overjoyed with love and, you know, obsession for this, this new little like wonder that you've just birthed and you did sail through your pregnancy um, and birth just with such ease. It was absolutely amazing. Um, And you just took everything in your stride. Um, But that's so interesting. And when you look at say pregnancy hormones, there's, there's three like networks that are at play. So there's your mo- the mother hormones, so there's your hormones, there's the hormones of like it can be the fetus and then the baby, but then there's also the hormones that are made by the placenta as well. So you've got a whole cascade of three different interplays that completely change when labor starts and then when bub comes out as well. And it is the most dramatic, fastest change in women's hormones at any time in their life. So is it any wonder that you felt hollow and like just completely overwhelmed, I, I'm assuming? Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> and then three days in just crying for no bloody reason. And it's just like, why am I crying right now? I have no idea what's going on. Like I think having probably, I mean, some part of me wished like, I'm like, I wish I actually had like crazy PMS and stuff because then I might feel a little bit normal, but this is just so far away from anything I've ever experienced. Like I'm bawling for no reason and I've got like what feels like PMS, which is just, you know, like I'm cranky one second and I'm freaking out the next and then I'm, you know, hyper anxious the next minute and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and then you, and then you're lying there with your, ears and eyes open all night because you're listening to your baby's breathing you're like this is so not normal like you know like surely this is you know over the top anxiety like I would never Mm. feel like I'd normally do that but it felt out of control like it just literally felt like my hormones were so wacky um it was near impossible to like consciously control it like I'm usually a person who can be like recognizing the situation and be like okay cool we're just gonna breathe into this you know improve my diet and lifestyle like all that (laughs) stuff and it's just yeah nothing nothing at all so you can't logic your way out of that stuff though no man you just can't so ladies I really 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 feel for you know women when they they're saying these things because I'm just like "Uh uh-huh yep mm mm-hmm yep I hear you Uh uh-huh and it's just like I wish more women could talk about this because it's just the stuff that seems to be like, oh, I guess everyone just does it, so I'll just stay quiet about it. You know, it must happen to everyone. Um, but no one talks about that postpartum, you know, flux of hormonal changes, which can lead to a lot of anxiety or depression or any other number of a million <laughs> emotions that could be happening. Um, you know, definitely mm. something to to be mindful of. And I think there's a lot of denial as well because part of me goes, but I felt so good before. You know, I can't possibly <laughs> feel this way. You know, I was feeling I was yeah. feeling okay and I should be so happy about my baby. Why don't I feel so happy? Um, so that can be, you know, can be really hard on someone who is used to having a fairly good handle on, you know, how they feel. Yeah. And Ash, also just, um, you know, observing the type of person that you are as well, and some women might relate to that, um, because you are – 
such a high achieving person because you are this A type personality and you had the perfect birth and the perfect, you know, pregnancy exactly mm. how you'd planned. But then all of a sudden, once all of that is kind of over and you feel out of control. Yeah, yeah. That must have been, um, you know, like throw that in with the exhaustion, overwhelm and everything else, plus the big, big changes in your hormones. No wonder, you know, you would have felt the way that you did. Yeah, I think that there's, I think the shock and it's something, you know, you've heard um, no doubt from lots of mums and I'm hearing as well. It's just, it's just so sudden. Yeah. Like it's literally from one day to the next. It is just so sudden. It's like a train hits you and you're like, where did that come from? And let's talk about that because yeah, um, let, let's talk about the, what happens. So during labor, you get this massive release of estradiol, which is or, or estrogen, and it goes up really, really dramatically and quite quickly as well. And you also get a rise in progesterone, which stimulates the prostaglandin, prostaglandin release, which helps to essentially induce your contractions. Some women may notice this like as almost like a bit of a surge or a high before labor might start. It can also make you feel a bit nauseous as well. Um, Ash, I'm not sure if you experienced anything like that, but um, because you do get this huge surge of hormones at that time. And then obviously you also get that surge of oxytocin as well. Um, Progesterone is the most abundant hormone that is present throughout the pregnancy and after the birth as well. But then we get this huge dramatic drop of it and it drops off um, at its lowest point is by day three. Mm. So for most of my patients um, and in the clinical research as well, as they'll usually say that day three is the particularly the most difficult day, and that is because that is when your progesterone levels are at their lowest. And there's a reason why progesterone has to drop down so low, and that is because progesterone and prolactin, so obviously the hormones that that's made to help to bring um, like your milk in, uh, which is responsible for that lactation, is prolactin. Um, progesterone and prolactin um, inhibit each other so when progesterone is high prolactin will be low and vice versa so this sudden drop off of prolactin is what helps your milk to come in as well and it's usually around that same time um and then you couple that with it's the first week of having a brand new baby so you're completely exhausted like i said before totally overwhelmed you've got that uterus contracting back down and then that is like brings a whole flow and effect of everything else that happens along the same time. Um, and then once you get this sudden, sudden drop in progesterone, you immediately still have this rise of estrogen. So you will become estrogen dominant after birth. And I'm not using that term erroneously, like we would say for women who have hormonal imbalances, it does become an absolutely estrogen dominant state after birth because you get that sudden drop in progesterone. But then because you have those contractions that have to keep building, your estrogen has to stay high. And so this then becomes part of that massive emotional roller coaster because you've got these high levels of estrogen with nothing to buffer it as well. Whereas in the cycle, we've got this peaking estrogen that then calms down because we've got progesterone to oppose it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And then the body will lower that estradiol um, and, again, the progesterone as much as it can in favour for the production of the prolactin. Um, But it's also a very well-known fact that that estrogen, um, it kind of facilitates all of your serotonin um, transmission in your brain and estrogen enhances serotonin synthesis. And um, so when we decrease estrogen, we also change serotonin pathways so we can use that hormone to actually alleviate depressive symptoms 
So when we've got then that sudden drop off of estrogen as well, like later, then it has the opposite effect. So this is part of what then brings on that low mood. So we have the sudden drop off of progesterone that usually happens and it's at its lowest by day three. But then we've also got estrogen that's going to calm down a little bit later. And then that's why usually by about week two, this is when women are feeling um, maybe their baby blues are coming on. And this is usually when women, um, if they're going to have postnatal depression, this is usually the week that we'll start to see signs of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. And I just think it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of um, people will tell you, oh, that's just normal. And it's so hard to know what normal should feel like because, right, it's just a roller coaster. Um, that is the best way to describe it. And that's a normal, like, well, I'm putting it in quotation marks, a normal function of your body. It's supposed to do these things. But when you've just had those hormones be like anywhere from 20 to 200 times higher, than what a baseline would be during that pregnancy to maintain everything that you need for that. Couple that with the hormones made by the placenta and the bub. It is no wonder that that sudden hormone withdrawal, like your brain has got to change to get used to that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And they do say that the brain actually changes. There was a small study that was done that, you know, it actually changes the grey matter, which allows um, a woman to you know, enhance mm-hmm. her bonding, enhance functions related to that that neonate, that newborn. Um, and, you know, it actually grows parts of the brain. And so it's like, oh, hang on, don't they tell us we have baby brain and they steal our brain cells? But there's also this concept that it actually adds grey matter, which is phenomenal, right? So, yeah, there absolutely is that, uh, that brain-changing effect, as you mentioned. And I think another thing that's sort of surprised me was I just like I was drenching my my pajamas every night absolutely like the night sweats were terrible yeah Yeah. they were horrible I never had night sweats I'm like oh this is what menopause must be like for you know these poor women that get up and their sheets are wet and then it's like you you just feel so like (laughs) beside yourself because you know if you're unlucky enough like me we had a winter baby so you know night sweats then into a cold night trying to get warm new pajamas trying to go breastfeed I was just like oh my goodness what on earth is going on so ladies like seriously if this has happened to you just know you're not alone for a start um it's not comfortable it's not nice but um yes other women do experience this i certainly had uh what i think was a pretty rough ride if i talked to some other women i'm like oh that doesn't sound so bad i think i would have been okay if i could have done it that way um it must have been the universe's way of just throwing all the curveballs at me just to make sure that i was tough enough to handle it and uh you know and that uh, i could at least empathize with women now that you know i didn't have this glorious you know pregnancy and birth for for no reason i got to enjoy their best parts but i also got to uh you know learn how to understand handle and accept the worst parts as well which for me was that postpartum experience so um you know and a lot of that was not even cognitive you know that wasn't the mental emotional that was just the physical just the physical changes the loosening of the joints the pelvis feeling all like it was just going to fall apart (laughs) like it's obviously you know all that relaxing the hormones that uh, make our joints lax uh will actually really selling it to me (laughs) Oh, thanks, Pope. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not a negative. Like, I, you know, clearly, just, clearly we want to have another child, but it's just that funny thing of going, um, that, you know, even just stuff like it was simple. I was talking to one of my clients the other day, actually, it made me laugh. So she'll, if she's listening, she'll know we had this conversation and I was just uh, complaining that, um, I, I couldn't fit my favorite shoes. And I'm like, I don't know what's happened. I've got fat feet. And she goes, 
don't you know, you know, your feet grow. Babies can make your feet grow. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then, um, you know, we looked into it and it, was, you know, it comes down to sort of like relaxing and the spacing and joints. And, you know, in her foot size, we went up a half size. And I'm like, I don't think mine have gone up a fraction, just enough to make my favorite shoes uncomfortable. Um, and I'm persisting oh, no. and I'm just like, oh, okay. So um, she's like, oh, yeah, you'll have to just go a half size, but don't get them if you have another child because it could, could grow more. And I'm like, what? So I don't wear any shoes now to wait for this next child? Like, <laughs> It was just that funny conversation. I was like, I've never heard this before, but she said, no, it's really common. All my girlfriends told me their feet grew too. I was like, this is like mum code. You know, this is the stuff that I didn't know about. So, uh, you know, things like, you know, increasing feet size after babies is fascinating. And like, this is totally, yeah, mum code or secret mum's business, right? Mm. That all of this stuff that is like definitely doesn't get talked about very much because that is certainly the first time I've heard that as well. Um, I just, it blows my mind that women can literally tear themselves apart to have a baby and then go through like, you know, completely permanent changes to their body. Um, that birth process triggers permanent changes also in their brain as well. Um, and then they're willing to go back and do it all over again. <laughs> Isn't that just, I watched, I watched a movie. Um, love and, is the word for it. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and someone, there was a line on the movie and I'm sure if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But the woman says that motherhood is a mental illness, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like the willingness to rip yourself apart and to, you know, put your body through the most incredible, most dramatic changes. Um, and I, I haven't even mentioned what happens to thyroid function as well. So let me just quickly talk about that as well, because this is another layer into that hormonal change. So thyroid hormones change during pregnancy more dramatically than again, any other time in a woman's life, unless of course they've got some sort of diagnosed, um, thyroid disorder. Um, so during pregnancy, particularly like in the early stages in that first trimester, you will, will get this surge of thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, Um, And that is completely normal. It usually rebalances by the second trimester. Uh, Often, um, you know, primary care practitioners will freak out about this sudden rise in TSH, not realizing that, yes, it actually does rebalance in the second trimester. And often a wait and watch approach is better than, you know, um, prescribing thyroxin or something like that, because that can actually create permanent changes um, for the woman later on. But um, the reason why we do get this big change in thyroid hormones is because the mother is the only source of thyroxine, which is our, our natural sort of thyroid hormone for the baby until obviously, you know, a lot later. Um, so when um, the thyroid function actually returns back to like a normal baseline, which is usually about four weeks postpartum. So once bub comes out, there's usually two possibilities that happen for the mum. They can have something called postpartum thyroiditis, where they'll swing between hyper and hypothyroidism. And this is usually because of the huge fluctuation fluctuation in um, your estrogen levels as well. Um, because obviously the thyroid and estrogen work so intimately together and it's certainly to a Goldilocks principle. So we want the right ratios of estradiol so that it helps to keep our thyroid function on track. As estrogen goes up too much, it swings thyroid hormones lower. If estrogen decreases, we get this rise of TSH as well. 
So it can be that postpartum thyroiditis. Um, and then uh, I did say there was two possibilities there. What was the other one? Oh, yeah, the swinging between the hypo and hypo, hyper and hypo. Um, and your thyroid is involved with so many different functions, but also definitely your headspace and your mental health is a really big part of that too. Um, so, again, it is no wonder <laughs> that these imbalances produce like or have really important psychological impacts as well. Um, so I have such reverence for mums for going through what they've done. And then also at the other side of that, still having to put up with just feeling completely crazy sometimes. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes as well, you know, that's absolutely right. Like it's, it's not only just all the physical changes, but there's a lot of things that are unseen. And I, I love, um, that book that discusses, you know, the, the postnatal depletion syndrome, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's not just about all of the physical mental changes, but, you know, we often overlook some of the supplementary changes in regards to, for example, this massive blood loss, right? So, you know, yeah. there can be, you know, instantaneous iron deficiency. Um, there's the possibility that, that there's been a huge amount of leaching of minerals, you know, through the birth process from the baby. Um, and we, even though there's a focus on postpartum care, I think, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, honestly, I don't even remember, but I'm not even sure if I kept up, kept up my prenatal vitamins after birth, yeah. you know, and, and yet I would generally recommend women stay on prenatals uh, for at least a couple of months postpartum because you're trying to restore and replenish all of those things that baby has taken from you, So, which yeah. obviously helps to enhance breastfeeding and all these things. I probably went down the dietary path, but I just don't specifically recall if I did that. But I definitely know, you know, some of those things are overlooked, you know, because there's so much going on that it's not that hard for a woman to forget to do um, something as simple as take her prenatal vitamin um, Uh, after birth so there's a lot of deficiencies that can occur as well uh that is so true and again something that we don't normally think about i normally advise women to stay on the prenatal through birth and breastfeeding as well so once they finish it's appropriate to come off and often we would switch to other things after that as well um okay so ash what advice would you give to mothers um or soon to be soon to be mums um, who are going to go through this? Look, I think the first and foremost is um, it's amazing and powerful to prepare for birth, like, you know, through a really holistic pregnancy, but it can be quite easy to forget what happens on the other side. So do pick up a book that's, you know, discusses things like the fourth trimester, that concept of fourth trimester, um, anything that talks about, you know, postpartum experiences, chat to other mums, what would you want to know, you know, um, if someone could tell you something really good before you had a baby, what would you want to know what was going to happen on the other side? I think for me, just being really aware of the physical changes and probably maybe having myself a bit more stacked nutrition preparation already done so that it was like ready to go with exactly what I need to return the, I think, the loss that would have occurred postnatally, which would have helped a lot. Um, and also to be aware that those crashes are going to be really hard and really fast. And if you're someone who's always had a fairly good handle on your hormones, this is going to feel totally out of control. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, because that's the one thing I think I was so overwhelmed by was the fact that I'd never had swings like that. Like I just, I'm not someone who's ever had really PMS. I don't even get period pain. So 
for me to suddenly mm-hmm. have this horrific cramping, um, you know, far more uncomfortable than Braxton Hicks and then having, you know, these hormone drops that were so dramatic, I think that was probably something that really tipped the balance. It just went too far. It was like, oh, my gosh. And you literally felt like you were just being, like, drowning. <laughs> it was really the worst experience. It was just yeah. not fun at all. And I think if people know that that's possible and the people around you, your partner knows that that's happening, because I think maybe sometimes as well with my husband not being aware of these changes, um, because I definitely didn't brief him as well as I probably could have, I think that probably created unnecessary concern. And when your partner's mm-hmm. not confident or can't reassure you, it doesn't have much beneficial effect. Like it's like, oh, he's worried about me. I should be worried about me. What's wrong with me? Like it's sort of, it's like this vicious cycle of concern. So I know that's a long-winded way of saying the same thing, but be, be no, aware, be aware, be prepared and just um, realize that there's lots of people around you that can help, but they don't, no one's going to dump this on you. Like people are not mm-hmm. going to be talking to this because why would you alert a mother you know, prior to birth, what should be one of the most joyous experiences of her life, that the postpartum might be one of the worst. <laughs> like, why? I can see why women don't do it. Um, but I think if you can have that real chat to say, hey, look, it's not putting fear into you, but just being mindful, being aware that this could happen, let's set some things up so that, you know, we can look after you as best as we possibly can. That would be a really cool idea. And I think if I had a chance again um, to do something, one thing different, I might have even, like knowing what I know now, I probably would have hired a post- postpartum doula. Um, oh, so, and the reason being is because we didn't have a big, strong network here, right? I had no, no mum, no... Um, husband family, no mum family, you know, no brothers and yeah. sisters. So I didn't have a really close web of, you know, family or uh, friends that I felt like I could lean on right then in that moment, you know, without that sort of sensation of feeling like I'm burdening people around me. So, yeah. Um, and Ash, that's so And I know we have you, right? Like I, I should have yeah. and could have, but it's not about that. It wasn't about that at all. It was just more yeah. like when you're in that space, asking for help is one of the most impossible things to do. So it almost needs to be set up before it even happens so that you don't have to ask. Mm, that's a really good point. So that's what we're going to talk about um, before you have your next baby. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. like, obviously I wanted to be there for you. I had no idea that you were going through this, these ebbs and flows because you probably didn't even understand it or wanted to talk no, about it. It was only retrospective. You weren't in that headspace. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like they need to give you that sacred space, like they don't want to yeah. um, burden you, they don't want to <laughs> – and just we're not quite sure what our role should be. Yeah. So we're happy to like shower you with gifts and all of that sort of stuff, but we're not quite sure, you know, what else you need. So we're going to have a proper real chat before next baby comes along um, and – or if next baby comes along, if that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, and about how, like, you know, we can support that process a bit better. Yeah. So I think, you know, for mums who don't feel like they have a strong network around them, um, you know, or don't feel like they can reach out, which is totally okay, right? Because sometimes we are just these strong islands and it's just nicer to have someone who is independent to our circle. So this is where yeah. I think for me personally and my personality type, someone like I had a, a, you know, a birth doula, but I think a postpartum doula coming in could have really just and smoothed Ash, what would they it out do? Like what role would they play? 
So as far as I'm aware and from some of the ones that I know, just that reassurance that, you know, you're doing fine in motherhood, that there's little things they can do around the house for you. It's just the meal preparation, but the right meals, you know, because that's their job is to know exactly what a, what a woman postnatally needs. Um, and then of course, even just for those moments where they might just take the baby away from you for, you know, 20 minutes, just so you can just, you know, just breathe without feeling like you have to do everything, um, to make it all work. Um, it may even be just, you know, being able to say you're allowed to go to sleep now. Um, I'm here, I've got this. And it's not that you don't have a husband in the house to do that too, but sometimes you're both so exhausted that as me, I didn't feel like I could say like, Pete, you do this because we're both equally as exhausted and it didn't feel fair to make someone else do that because you know what's coming, you know, the next night's going to be sleepless as well. And you're both trying to tag team and it's, um, it's really tough. So yeah, I actually think, you know, having an in-home or, you know, someone that comes in for a few hours a day, would it be absolute game changer. So if you've ever had that experience, ladies, and, um, you know, you think you want to do things again, but you would like to know how to do it differently. I definitely think I'd recommend looking into postpartum doula. I think there's just so many wonderful women out there that kind of act like fairy godmothers run in and, you know, do their thing (laughs) and and, and drift out. So yeah, that would be on my wish list. That will be my, one of my different things that I'll be planning for. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Um, thank Ash, thanks so much for being so like kind of open and transparent about what that process is like, because um, I also know with your personality, like kind of um, opening the um, the window into like some difficult times can be hard as well. Um, so I know that women will get a lot out of that. So thank you. Thank you for asking and thank you for as well, ladies listening, because I hope that, um, you know, just realizing that, even when you look like you've got it all together, you don't have to have it all together. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's part absolutely. of part of the surrender of motherhood, and uh, that's certainly a, sometimes a very confronting and tough lesson to take. But it's one that makes you, uh, I think, even more powerful woman when it comes down, you know, to life yeah. and what you're capable of. It's um, you realise that it's something that is you, you add it to your bag of tools and tricks and go, gosh, you know, I really can wear a cape and a mask, and no one has to see that cape, but I, I'm done. <laughs> I do it. So, yeah, that's why I really do believe women are super women because um, it's not just the postpartum body that you have to get used to. Um, you know, one of the big frustrations, how funny is this? You know, you just say about the vulnerability, but this is like to other people, like, whatever, there's nothing. My biggest slap in the face was I couldn't fit back in my surf scheme. My hips had got too wide. Oh, and it was, and it literally wasn't the fat because I, I, no. I, I had measurements. I'm like, I'm not fatter. There's no extra body weight. I don't have a bigger it's butt. It's the actual shape. Changed. The physical shape had flared laterally, so um, flared outwards, yeah. and which meant that my my pelvis, my hip junction, was now rubbing on the sides of the ski. So I didn't oh. have the leg drive, so I couldn't pivot my pelvis. So my back was locking up. So I literally had to sell my surf ski and order a new one so I could actually paddle again. And it was like such a big deal. I remember the guys down the club laughing because one of the guys we know really well, it was like. Pete, just don't tell her she's put on weight. You know, like, oh, oh my god, no, it's them childbearing hips, right? Yeah, yeah, it was just so cute. But I was like, you know, I really, you think, oh no, that's just a thing. I'm like, no, no, it's actually a thing. I actually think my hips were technically in measurement smaller in in circumference, but they flared, so they were no longer the same shape. So um, yeah, ladies, if you can't get back into your jeans, there's a damn good reason for it. They just don't feel the same. Oh, that's. So fascinating. Yeah. 
yeah, Ash, you've got nothing to worry about. You oh, no, 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 but, you know, when it's your favourite piece of equipment and it's the yes. thing that you do and it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't even fit my surf ski. What's going on? And it's so, like, meaningful to you as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 And it's okay. almost like stripping away of life before baby. It's that thing of, like, you know, that you know, they talk about that made into mother transformation. Um, that was one thing that was real, like, oh, that was my life before child and now I have to give it away. I can't believe this. I have to give away everything, you know. So the melodramatic me came out as like, it's only a piece of fiberglass. You can order a new one and you can get a custom fit. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can't rationally, like, ration. You, oh. You can't logic your way out of that stuff right no, away, right? No, You're so, totally allowed to, yeah. um, you know, like mourn some of the things like, you know, pre-motherhood. It's, yeah. I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, ladies, I hope that you have learned a lot and got a lot out of this episode. Um, and I can just see so many of our mothers just like nodding along to this episode so much. And maybe some of our first time soon-to-be mums are going, okay, so this is what I've got to look forward to, but this is what I can do to prepare, which I think is just amazing. Yeah, um, and look, if there's a final closing statement, it's all worth it. Yeah. You know, it's, like it sounds it it's, we've probably we've probably made it sound really, 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 really bad and suddenly it's because this episode's actually become a contraception for women. They're like, Oh no, that's no it's absolutely worth it. You know, it's tough, it's hard, it's messy, it's gory, there's blood, there's goo, there's pain, there's discomfort, but it's so, so worth it. <laughs> And I can see how she's when she's saying that and she's like, she totally means it. So yeah. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I awesome. get a little happy tears just thinking about how cute my little baby is and was and how much she's growing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, so much has changed in three years and I'm still reliving this story without, you know, like just that experience of going, that's amazing and I still really would do it all again. Like, you're right, this motherhood thing is a mental illness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, love, like, quote of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and ladies, on that note, um, we are going to wrap up. So make sure that you have subscribed to us on iTunes or Spotify or whatever um, avenue that you're listening to this. Um, give us a five-star rating because that really helps to um, just, you know, spread the love to other women um, and make sure that they get this great information as well. So you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.